Welcome to Create Beauty Every Day, a podcast about art, life, and creativity. I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and this podcast is brought to you by HookingRugs.com. Be sure to go over to my website and find out all about rug hooking, creativity, and art. Create beauty every day. Welcome, everybody. I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and this is Create Beauty Every Day. It's brought to you by HookingRugs.com. And today, I have a textile artist with me uh, that and I followed her work for years, and her name is Michelle Serrois-Silver. And uh, I'm just going to start, Michelle, by letting you tell us who you are. Okay, <laughs> let's start with the big question. Um, I am a uh, someone who really has uh, really grown to love making things with her hands and um, loves to make art and explore different ideas uh, through, uh, through my art making. Um, and there's, uh, I don't know, I mean, I'm a mother, I'm an auntie, I'm a sister, I'm a wife, um, you know, I'm uh, a daughter, I'm all of those things. And, uh, I guess I, I guess that kind of sums me up. <laughs> That's great. You work. You pretty much work full time as an artist, do you? I I, I try to. Yes, it's yeah. an ongoing uh, studio practice, and sometimes it's fluid. You know, um, sometimes I just there's things I need to do, and um, you know, it might just be a couple of hours in the studio, mm -hmm. but um, I do try to make it a full time uh, endeavor. Absolutely, and I think in particular. Um, I don't know if uh, you find this, but if I'm working on a project and once I get into it, there's a whole momentum that starts to take place and I start spending more and more time in the studio. Or if I'm uh, experimenting, doing sampling, um, just kind of playing around and having some fun. Um, yeah, I can spend some many, many hours uh, in the studio. So what do you call yourself? Do you call yourself a rug hooker or a textile artist or an artist or a fiber artist? That's a really good question. I've kind of gone through different permeations. Um, I, I now actually just say um, I'm an artist and, and uh, I work with textiles. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people don't really know what that means, but it's just sort of what it's come down to. I mean, I'm just wondering what do you call yourself? I call myself an artist or I call myself a rug hooker. And to me, they are the same. If I call myself a rug hooker, I'm still, you know, referring to myself as an artist. So I find sometimes just to say, I, sometimes I just say I hook rugs. And it's, yes, yes. and not because I don't feel like an artist. I just find that sometimes, honestly, sometimes I have found that when you say you're an artist, people expect you to be a painter or a sculptor or a lot of things, but they don't expect you to work with textiles. And uh, so, you know, I'm definitely feel confident in the word artist, but sometimes just to be clear for clarity, I just say I'm a rock hooker. Yeah. You know, I wonder if it's a East Coast, West Coast thing, because on the West Coast, rug hooking is not as well known. Right. And so when I say, um, you know, I'm a rug hooker or I make hand hooked rugs, um, I've had people come back going, you cook? You're yeah. a cooker. Yeah. <laughs> so there's usually a whole explanation that starts to, you know, kind of come into it. And, uh, and usually, as you know, a lot of times the conversation is so casual, people aren't really 
you know, there for that, that big discussion about what a handful thread is. That's right. So, yeah. I, but when I'm engaging with other people who work with textiles, we can have that go-to conversation because we've got that whole vocabulary that we share. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. It, it really depends. I find it, I don't really like to qualify what kind of artist I am because I don't know about you, but I feel like my art is more than just textile art. Like my art is in every part of my life. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's what I choose to read. It's how I choose to run my business. It's how I choose to raise my family. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you're yeah. really living, a, a, you know, a, a life when you say that you're an artist, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it's deeply personal, you know, yes. and, and how do you express that in a way that's, it's challenging to um, communicate it and you want to respect like your own belief system around that. And so it's, it is. It's interesting. It's always sort of just kind of going, okay, you know, how much am I going to share? One of the things I always really enjoyed doing was like open studios when people come into the studio. And um, I think that that is probably my most favorite time because it's a destination and people are coming to whether we're going to talk about my work or something that they're working on. You know, it's, it's usually a pretty energized um really thoughtful conversation that takes place now people can go to your website which is michellesirosilver.com right mm -hmm. and they can google your name and it's s-i-r-o-i-s right correct yes um so visually they will be able to get uh, a look at your work so yes. i find i find your work very fluid and very beautiful and, but I'm also really interested in, in your rug hooking, um, but I'm also really interested in the cone-like cylinders that you're building. Yeah. And I want to know what that's about. And, and because you can't see them when you're listening to this, I really encourage you to go to Michelle's website and have a look at them. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it, it, you know, it's interesting because in many ways, um, those they're soft sculptures. So they're three-dimensional forms and, um, their transitional work. You know, one of the things I should mention, and, and, and perhaps it won't come as much of a stretch for me to talk about the 3D work if I reference Gloria Kraus. Mm -hmm. And Gloria, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gloria Kraus, um, you know, when I first started rug hooking, I mean, it was a couple of years before I actually started and I took her video out of the library many, many times, took her book out. And it was so, she was so influential in terms of experimentation. So, you know, sometimes I think I'm doing something new and I whip out her book and I go, oh yeah, okay. She was doing that 30, 35, 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's interesting. And she was, you know, I mean, she did work with two-dimensional surface, but her work also was very fluid in terms of her materials and techniques. Yeah. And so the soft sculptures, the three-dimensional work, I mean, I've been thinking about that for a long time. Like how does one create three-dimensional work in textile that's interesting? And I think, you know, for me, I was like, I wanna do more than just have a panel, you know, hanging in a room. Like, mm -hmm. can I do something where people are engaging in a different way and they're looking at it from, you know, like 360 and, um, so I have been thinking about that for a long, long time. Um, I did the, the zipper pieces, enjoyed doing that. 
but still wanted to do 3D. Um, and it's really just started with a whole bunch of interior design samples coming into the studio. Um, you know, somebody asked me if I'd like to have them. And uh, so I had all these boxes of fabric and coming from, you know, a background of thrift and repurposing and all that stuff. I mean, I was looking at these amazing fabrics and I had also been um, reading a number of different books. Um, Janet Edmond has a book on three-dimensional form as well. And I really loved what she was doing and her exploration. And so a number of things just kind of converged and I work with the circle a lot. Um, it's a repeat uh, symbol or motif that appears in a lot of my work. So I started making discs and essentially, um, you know, with the hand hook surface, I mean, we're filling like, it's, it's like mosaic, mosaic tiles. And these discs were kind of liberating in terms of how they were constructed. Are they self so, Part um, No, they're not. No. They're so it's like each disc is like a sandwich, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I was using, um, you know, felted blankets that were so thick that I couldn't rug hook with. There were a number of different things. So I was initially using those as the inside. And then I would put two layers of uh, fabric, one on either side. And then I would initially I started hand stitching the outer rim uh, of the circles and I just started playing and it was really um, and also an experimentation in terms of, you know, texture, color, just looking at the relationships of the colors as they're stacked. Yeah. And then they started to take on um, sort of interesting personas, essentially what started to happen. And it was kind of liberating. Um, and really kind of freed me up. And I think I probably needed, well, I needed a break from working on the hand hook surface and doing something that was really quite different. Yeah. So um, those pieces have evolved. I mean, I've been working with those now for four years. And, you know, and within those uh, works, I'm introducing found objects, which yeah. was really new for me to do that. And so they contribute to the narrative. So I'm, I mean, I'm exploring really important topics like gender mm -hmm. I'm exploring um, you know I was exploring the gathering the idea of a gathering during the pandemic and what that looked like and my most recent work is uh, is exploring climate so that's so it's anyways yes it's been very interesting I've really enjoyed working on it and of course as I go through it it keeps shifting and changing so now the most recent ones that I'm doing are actually small um, crocheted circles using um, a very fine linen and then they're stiffened with a textile medium yeah and I found an articulated spine that I can stack these on and they bend and they move and so it's uh, anyways it's been uh, a really creative process. In your practice do you go back and forth from that to hooking rugs back? back and forth or are you moving away from hooking rugs into that yeah it's a really good question I you know it's interesting I I think that what's happened is that by exploring going through these this process with the 3d work it's bringing me back to the hand hooked work mm -hmm. so I have some ideas I want to explore um, over the next probably three to five years that's usually uh, the time frame for exploring an idea. 
So there's a number of different things that I'd like to try with the hand hook surface and really kind of pushing it and breaking it, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's not that I'm making any kind of statement or anything by breaking the surface. I'm just really curious to see what's going to happen and kind of how far I can go with it. Yeah. It's sort of like um, if you work with clay, it's, it has those principles, like how far can you push this clay, the shape of it, until it kind of collapses completely. So, it's, so what do you mean by breaking the surface? Say, explain that to me. Um, there's still, I mean, there's still ideas formulating, but it's, it's really just coming in and, you know, if we've got our, our let's say a linen or a burlap substrate yeah. that we're working with, how can I go and alter the surface of that substrate mm -hmm. and introduce something that's totally new so that that substrate isn't even, there's parts of it missing within the piece, mm -hmm. but really maintaining the overall integrity of the piece. Yeah. So it's, it's like fully integrated, which is one of the things I love to do. I love to integrate new materials. So that's the idea of breaking it. Um, can I shift the surface, the, the hand hook surface into a three-dimensional form that, um, that I find, I guess, pleasing, if you know what I mean? Yes. So what can I potentially do with that that would be kind of unexpected and just to see how far I can go? So those circles that. might appear in your hooked rugs in, you know. Yeah, they might, they might appear. Um, it's possible. It's really possible. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not sure. I, I do have some ideas, but uh, yeah. I'm watching yeah. more and more people do just that, what you're saying, um, like integrating felting and integrating small sculptures and found objects into hooked rugs. And, and to be quite honest, some of them are great and some of them almost seem invasive to me mm -hmm. to what they're do you know and it's such a yeah I do I do such a balance to, like they're they're almost intruding on the potential of what it was do you know what I mean I think it's totally. very difficult to carry out uh well I know and you know I and I mean I actually also feel the same way and I think that you know I always go back to Gloria Krause yeah. and I look at her work and it was so fully integrated yeah. Um, it was intentional. The finishing was always beautiful. Oh, yes. Um, she was, you know, experimental and very unapologetic about it. And um, and so she's she is always like my well, I mean, she is quite inspirational for me. She she's my go-to person in terms of, okay, so where am I gonna go? And also, you know, it's that whole thing, <clears throat> you know, when you're working with materials, it's like the materials that you're working with, how do they contribute to the narrative? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I bring in, like, I mean, I think that that was one of the things with the soft sculpture too. It's like, if I bring in a way scale, yeah. so like, so how does that contribute to the story? It's not there just because it's kind of cute. It's actually an important part of the storytelling. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting Deanne, to mm -hmm. see where the next step goes. I mean, the handhook pieces that I did with the zippers. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really interesting work for me to do that because that was the, a, a whole bunch of different things, but also it was, it was like metaphor. 
was mm -hmm. part of a narrative that was contributing to the story in terms of ad adapting and change. And um, so I, I do think about that quite a bit. And even with the zippers, I mean, I thought about those for probably five, six years before I actually started to work with them again. Yeah. And so sometimes it's I, not thought. Do you find that? Sometimes it's not thought, it's working and it just happens. Do you know what I mean? It happens. Sometimes for me, the the meaning and or the narrative comes out from the making, you know? It comes out from I don't it's not as intentional as it might seem when you set out. Yes. Does that yes. happen to you? Yeah, yeah. It is quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, like. Like even with um, the zippers, I mean, the zippers start with, you know, an idea of, I want to experiment with materials and technique, and I want yeah. to see what this will look like. I have an overarching theme, um, but as I begin the work, it becomes so layered. Uh, and yeah, and the meaning starts to shift and change. And, um, and I find that quite often with the work that I do, there's a healing element to it, not just for me, but also, I mean, you know, I, just whether, just not that I'm trying to heal the world or anything like that, but it's always, there's, a, sometimes there's a mea culpa that's going on. And when I do hand-hooked work, if I'm exploring a certain theme, um, you know, like the recovery method series, which is actually a series about um, industry and extraction and stuff like that and, and working with materials that were derivative from that industry and hand hooking them into a substrate, you know, it, it was like an apology. It was like, okay, you know, I'm, this is like my apology for, for what's going on in the world right now. So it, so yeah, there's a lot of different things that do come into play. Absolutely. I just want to talk about gender a little bit because you mentioned that earlier and I've been thinking about that a lot myself in the last couple of weeks and I'm thinking about and one of the things I'm wondering about is just personally do you think that uh, textile art and what do you I mean do you think that it's because that it was traditionally women in the kitchen making textile art that it was uh, that it has never been taken really seriously in the art world? Well it's really quite interesting Deanne because I know, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, how do you define the art world, right? Uh -huh. And, uh -huh. um, and you know, I, I mean, for, for people who make things with their hands, they get it, I, yeah. I think. Um, and, uh, and I think sometimes, I mean, the challenge with the art world is that that constant need to contextualize everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of, it pulls the artist out of out of the equation, and 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 I think that that is actually one of the challenges. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, there's there's no doubt. I mean, that uh, women have had to. Um, uh, I don't know what it is. It's almost like a perseverance, you know, in terms of having their voices heard. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost, you don't want to be the person who's the last man standing, if you know what I mean, with regards to being a woman and making art. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if I really answered your question. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think about well, it? Well, I think it's been denied like any kind of seriousness. I don't think anyone's ever taken it seriously really for I think even now it's like, I would say probably it's in the 2000s, maybe the late 90s that people started to see it as a real, as a real potential medium, you know, um, that I, I think it was just, you know, it was just, we were just set aside. I think the whole, the whole medium was just set aside for, and has been for generations and generations. And I think it was I also think that when you said, I'm not trying to heal the world, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to heal the world by healing yourself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think women have, so it was really seen as a healing, you know, I, I, I don't think we ever, uh, when I say we, I mean my mother, my grandmother's my, you know, I think we knew it was a healing thing always. We've always yes. known this, that, that this is a healing thing. Um, and I think we always knew that it was expressive and we always knew it was art, but, you know, intuitively, but yeah. I, I don't know that we called it art or said it was art. I'm sure we didn't. And, and we never expected anyone else to either, you know? So I think, yeah. it's a sad, yeah. I think it's a sad thing, really, you know, like I, I think of the quilts of Guy's Bend and how beautiful they are and how artistic they are and how wonderful it was that those quilts came to light as, as art, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I think that um, it's, it's still going to be quite a while before we look at hooked rugs in the same way. I think I, I don't, you know, like you and I will look at it that way. And some people will look at it that way, but for us to really, for, you know, for it to be sort of generally acknowledged, it's going to take time, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it's that kind of thing, and, and, and I think this is, I mean, one thing, and I is, and I know you'll, you'll appreciate this, it's that whole thing about you just, you just stand in it, right, mm -hmm. and you're unapologetic about it, and you know, this is my work, this is my narrative. And, and I realized that really sort of like the best thing I can do is go exhibit my work, yeah. hang it on a wall in the gallery. And for me, I mean, that's the whole thing too about the handwork. It's a form of resistance, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what I do. I'm gonna put it on the wall and, you know, we're gonna have a conversation about it. I respect my work, you know, like it's all of yeah. those really positive things. It's like, um, I think it was one of the things, although I never actually saw an exhibition by Nancy Adele, but I love the way mm. that she integrated her handhook works with her mixed media pieces. You know, I mean, I think that that's, that's the thing is that we just have to go and take it because yeah. nobody's really going to give it to us. We no. just go, we do it. We and go, at, go after it like we expect it. You know, yes, exactly. and like that, that we don't and and don't go out and when you get it, it's not like um, it's not like you um, don't fit in. You belong. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I agree with you. That just gives me yeah. the shivers. I think about um, I met both Gloria and Nancy Adele and mm -hmm. saw both their work in person and uh, both were um, really very much like that. Very unapologetic, very certain. Uh, particularly I remember that from Nancy Adele and her art nuns exhibition I first saw it at the Owens Art Gallery and it was completely there was no question that mm -hmm. she belonged where she was 
no question. Exactly. Yeah. Just, no, it wasn't considered folk art. It wasn't considered textile art. It was just considered art. Yes. And I think that's a really, you know, I think we have to, yeah, we have to be firm in that and strong and just take it. But it, it's hard not to consider our mothers and our grandmothers and our sisters and our, who never get that opportunity because never had that opportunity, right? But you know, Deanne, the one thing though, is that, I mean, I'm like that whole thing around the continuum. I mean, for me, it, it's so important. And, and you know, I, I, I think that, um, perhaps, I mean, perhaps they haven't really gotten the acknowledge or the recognition, but one would hope that through us um, and other individuals that, that also eventually it becomes a form of recognition because we are part of that continuum. I mean, we don't work in a vacuum. Yeah, we do the work that we do because of many, many, many people who've laid the groundwork before us. You know, my grandmother who knitted, my grandmother who made quilts, my mother who sewed. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I would be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have that whole legacy. You no, know? So yeah, I, agree. I know. Yeah. I yeah. I also think there's a depth of connection that like, I never knew my grandmother. So I think there's a depth of connection that we don't even understand that comes through, you know, uh, people genetic, like just work, like muscle memory and people working with their hands. And uh, I, I just, I just really believe that it carries down, you know, and I just, you know it's just intuitive but I think um when I teach people you know and I and you just know that their mother hooked or their you just see them they just they know how to do it in a way that yes you know it's very interesting to me like I find it it's just like a it's almost like fantasy kind of thing happening you can see it you know that they just have such a natural ability to pull up those loops and so easily yes yes they come from a culture of handwork you know not to say that someone who doesn't can't of course they can and they do when it's just practice but when they're first learning you can just see it in them well that's one of the things too it's like even if I was let's say I was teaching an advanced class and someone says to me I've never rug hooked before it's sort of like well let's have a conversation and let's find out what kinds of things that you've done. And usually through that conversation, I can, I'll, you know, I can go, I, you know what, I, I actually think you can do this class because mm-hmm. you do, you have like that whole previous knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, for someone who's a knitter or someone who does crochet or hand stitch, I mean, it's, it, it just never seems like a big stretch for me. No, you know, in terms of moving into the handbook surface. Yeah, yeah. I also think uh, the question I always ask people, are you good at finishing what you start? Like, because then if they want to get into something big, I just feel like uh, if they're if they've started and finished something else, whether they've written a book or, you know, it could be something completely different or like knit, had knit a sweater or, you know, their quilter or uh, whatever and have made and I just find that that makes it just shows me that they have the ability to just get on with whatever if yes and if, and is that whole thing this, advanced. the the satisfaction of a job well done right mm-hmm. and um and also you know I mean when I first started rug hooking I mean the first workshop I took was with Barb Kennedy 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been rug hooking for a few months uh, at, at that point, and really it was just a few months. And <clears throat> I had to go from Vancouver to Calgary to where they where she was teaching. And I remember talking to her and asking her, like, you know, I had two design ideas, and one was um, a, a geometric six squares with a heart in each square, and then the other one was like. A, a three foot by 10 foot rug that was an original design inspired by a family vacation. And I'm thinking, I'm kind of overreaching here. I'm just sort of like brand new. I'm gonna ask Barb, what do you think? And she just said, do what you love. Mm-hmm. And I and that was also the starting point. And I think that, you know, I, I was actually really fortunate in terms of the early influences in the work that I made. Yes. Because I, I realized that if, if I was gonna finish a handbook piece, I had to love the design. I had to really kind of believe in what I was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and that would take me through because it, you know, I mean, making a handheld drug, as you know, is not for the faint of heart. No, you've got to stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I think like uh, you have to want what you're making. Yes. I think that's a big thing. Like every rug I start and they're all my own designs and every rug I start, I want to see that. I want to see that thing completed and I want it. I want yes. it. I want the physical thing. And I think that really helps you uh, complete, you know, that's a real driver because I don't think you wanted uh, the six squares with the six hearts in it. I don't think you would have wanted that mat in the same way. No, no, no. And, you know, and, and the reason why I asked was because I thought, well, Maybe that's what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Barb, she squelched that really quickly. Yeah, that's good. That's good, good teaching, really. Yeah, none of that should be doing. More of that, what do you want? What do you love? What makes your heart go, woo-hoo-hoo, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I, I'm really grateful for actually those early influences. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, yeah. I would say- And you too. You, yeah. About my early influences, absolutely. They were people yeah. who said, "You just go, go, do it," and uh, and that's what we need. I mean, I think that's what we really need to share with people. I think as they're learning. Well, that's it, right? It's that whole thing about the creative voice, and then your voice coming out through your work. I mean, it's just it. Yeah, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was lovely talking to you. Lovely. This is the first time we've ever actually talked in person, I think. Oh, oh maybe yeah. emailed a few times, I think, over the years. It's nice to meet yeah. you. Yeah, it's been lovely, Deanne. I really can you enjoyed Tell it. people where they can find you and how, like, where they should follow you if they want to see more of your work. Well, I, um, I mean, for, for those who live on the West Coast, uh, I live uh, in Victoria on Vancouver Island. And, um, People can uh, see my work on my website um, at michellesirwassilver.com. And uh, there's a, an upcoming exhibition on Vancouver Island actually in June. And uh, I have my three-dimensional uh, work will be there. It's at the Cowichan Public Art Gallery. It's through um, the Vancouver Island uh, Surface Design Association chapter. It's, uh, it's, a, it's their uh, group show. And, um, you know, people also, they, if they're in Victoria, they can come visit me at my studio. You take so. studio visits. They just need to email you and contact you. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. on Instagram, Michelle? 
Yeah, it's uh, M. Sirwa Silver. Okay, um, great. So uh, on Instagram, cool. I'm uh, not very consistent in terms of my posting, but. Uh, <laughs> it is okay. I mean, <laughs> just do it if you enjoy it, but people can see your work, some of your rugs there. and They can see some of my work there. Probably, I, you know, my website's really the best place to, yeah. uh, to go or, uh, or a studio visits. Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks Thank for you, talking Zia. to me today. It was interesting. It's I, I love it that you, um, you know, you just you're you just approach it so unapologetically as art, and yeah, and yes. add that contemporary uh, vibe to it. And you're doing such a great job. Your work is really interesting and beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Deanne, and uh, right back at you. Bye. Bye. That podcast was brought to you, everybody, by uh, by uh, Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio. I'm Deanne, and I was talking to Michelle Serwa Silver. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for listening to Create Beauty Every Day. The podcast was brought to you by HookingRugs.com. Be sure to go over to HookingRugs.com and learn all about how you can create beauty every day.